seven strangers, does that not make you a serial killer? I didn't kill them every day, did I? Did I go out there every day and say, hmm, I'm going to kill them? If I did, there well, would be hundreds. Well, no, it took you 12 months. Then he rings up Rex again, and that's when I looked at him and I started laughing. If I had shot my own children, would I not have done a good job of it? Because, you know, first of all, women generally don't commit crimes this heinous. Right. Uh, you know, this is usually the domain of men. That's unfortunate. Hey, Gabe. Hey, Danny. How are you doing? Good. Enjoying the do-over <laughs> and welcoming in the new year. Uh, how are you? Good, good. Um, let's just say a little prayer for my computer here. Uh, yeah, I can hear it from here. <laughs> cool, cool. It's doing better, though. Well, so, for now. Yeah. We originally started and my computer kept freezing, but it seems to be doing okay. All right. We'll make it through. Hopefully. But how are your holidays? Good. Um, I didn't do much for Christmas. We went up to see my grandparents. It was like the first time I've seen them in two years almost. Right. Um, and then for New Year's, I saw you. And then and I the left. the Netflix show? <laughs> oh my God, not again. <laughs> uh, and then I left before midnight, so I got to spend my New Year's how I really wanted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, just to clarify, people, she didn't just see me. That's not a dig at me. Oh, no, <laughs> no, no. no. Um, our mutual friend was like having a little thing, like a yeah. bonfire thing at her house. So. Damn, Danny, making it seem like you came over here and then we're like, uh, I don't want to be here. <laughs> I just don't want to be around people. It wasn't game. <laughs> oh, God. Great. Really pleasant. Pretty, pretty relaxing holiday time. Nothing crazy. You know, we can't really go out and like do that much. But saw some lights, had good home-cooked meals, and ready to get back to it and talk about women who kill and oh. or follow cartel members and get them arrested. How are you doing? Really bad. Why bad now? Do you know about, like, my, definitely my top three biggest fears? Um, no. Maybe I can, like, take a stab at them, but no. You're not going to guess it. It's wild. It's random. Rabies. Rabies? Rabies. But there's, like, four cases a year there was five last year in the united <laughs> states but like have you seen those videos of people who get rabies and they're like scared of water oh yeah yeah and like it's it's not curable once you have symptoms right. yeah, it's yeah. terrifying and um there might be a bat in my attic and bats have rabies that's true so my life has been full of fear lately did kobe put it there <laughs> kobe's been working the last few nights so I've been home alone and hearing something in the attic <laughs> and I'm too scared to look. <laughs> oh my God, it's been really awful. But um, oh, other than that, it's great. It's great, Gabe. I might have rabies. <laughs> I might die. I doubt you'll get rabies. Wait, you can get a shot for that. Um, yeah, but like it costs a bunch of money and then also you don't want to get a shot if you like haven't been exposed and I don't even know. It might be a rat. It might be a raccoon. It might be a killer. Uh, I doubt it's a killer. I know. So anyways, I went on Amazon. I spent like $100 on rat traps. But what if it's a bat? Yeah, I don't know. You know, Kobe hasn't been home. So this is what happens. And if Kobe was home and it was a rat or a bat, what would he do about it? He would tell me what it is. What and the then... animal is? <laughs> yeah. And then I probably would have, I don't know, if it's a bat, we'd probably call a pest guy, right? Just get a BB gun and shoot it. You can't shoot a bat? 
You absolutely can. They're so fast. Oh, but it's going to chill out eventually. That's true. It's true. Gabe, do you want to come to my house with your BB gun? Kind of, but I don't want rabies. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, my God. Anyways, I'll let you know. Kobe's home tonight, and um, all my Amazon stuff should arrive today. There you go. So I'll update you how it goes. <laughs> or bat. Oh, my God. I like bats. They're very cute. They're really cute, yeah, but they're also like, absolutely terrifying they have because rabies. of the rabies thing how awful i really thought about just taking walter and throwing him up there <laughs> because he's like vaccinated against rabies walter has no prey drive like none yeah he's such an anxious dog just looking at him something <laughs> about his eyes the way he's always like has his head tilted down but is looking up at you oh my God. yeah i told you about how I told Gabe this, but at New Year's, I was telling him how Walter is like a really anxious dog and how so is anarchy. And Kobe always used to say, anarchy's my fault. Like, it's my fault that he's the reason he is. And I was like, no, we got him at three. Well, I got him at three. And he like clearly had previous trauma. Mm -hmm. And that's why he's so anxious. Yeah. But then we get Walter as a puppy and he's anxious too. <laughs> I'm like, oh God, what if it is me? What if I'm ruining like everything? This is why we can't have kids. <laughs> well, I mean, third time is a charm. Get a, get a new dog, the final test. Or what what's if... like a dog that's impossible to ruin? Like a golden retriever. Like yeah, just the happiest dog. Yeah. <laughs> and watch it just turn into a nervous wreck. It's just, oh. it's so, I mean, granted, when he was at the, at the New Year's party. Yeah. Um. <laughs> well, one, he like doubled in size. Yeah. Uh, since, since I'd seen him. He's quite big. But he hadn't like met everyone there. And so, then Gump did kind of like go after him a few times. Yeah. So I, I would be nervous too. Yeah. But no, he's he's just always like that. But like as a puppy when I, and, and granted, you know, that was, well, he's still a puppy. He's not even a year old. He's eight months. Right. But when he was really little, he seemed so indifferent to like people. I know. He was just like, whatevs and. He was comfortable going up to Anarchy, who was like 10 times his size. Mm -hmm. so, so we got him when he was six weeks. You're not supposed to get a dog until they're eight weeks. It was kind of wild. We like showed up there and they like threw him at us a little bit. Um, <laughs> they're okay. like, take him, go. Um, but so at six weeks, we went to Kobe's parents' house and they have a bunch of chickens and we put him with them just to see how he'd do. Couldn't care less. And that's just yeah. like, that's just his attitude. Yeah. So I don't know. <laughs> There might be something to it, Danny. Yeah, so maybe, maybe it's not me. Maybe it's just the dog I chose. I mean, third time is a charm. <laughs> you have to get a third dog now. Well, we have to. Um, Anarchy's 12, mm. and he's getting really old. And Walter's really, really, um, I don't know how to put it. He needs a buddy. He's like one yeah. of those dogs. So we're definitely going to get another dog. But probably yeah. after Anarchy dies, because like having three dogs is a lot. <laughs> having two dogs is yeah. a lot. And one of them's like an old ass man. Yeah. So. Yeah. He needs someone closer to his age. Mm hmm. Well. All right. You ready to start off the new year with some. Oh, this might be. This is probably going to be our first two part episode. Not episode. Two parter. Our first. Two episodes. Two, one person. Our first two part. Yeah, right. So saying two-part <laughs> episode doesn't make sense because then it's two episodes. Yeah. So our person with two episodes. Yes. This person may take two episodes oh to fully God. cover. 
I'm really tired, guys. Okay. So, I read a book called Hell's Princess, The Mystery of Belle Gunness, Butcher of Men, by Harold Schechter. I will most likely accidentally call her Guinness, like the beer. <laughs> yeah. Because that's how I've been saying it in my head for a very long time. Okay. <laughs> it was a good book. It was a long book, but it was good. And I'm going to start with a ballad written by her. It's called The Ballad of Belle Gunness by Anonymous. You ready for this? Yeah. Belle Gunness was a lady fair in Indiana State. She weighed about 300 pounds, and that is quite some weight. That she was stronger than a man, her neighbors all did own. She butchered hogs right easily and did it all alone. But hogs were just a sideline. She indulged in now and then. Her favorite occupation was a butchering of men. That's pretty good. Right? <laughs> so that's how the book starts too. And I was like, damn. Okay. That's a good one. Wait, so you don't know who wrote that? Anonymous. Hmm. Well, if you're <laughs> out there and you hear this episode, shoot us a message and we'll give you credit. Well, this is, takes place in like the 1800s. So he's probably dead. Yeah. Or she. Or she. Well, if that person's relatives are alive and out there, shoot us a message and we'll give you credit. Yeah, seriously. Okay. Miss Bell was born on November 11th, 1859. As her like given name as a child was Brynhild Paul's daughter. And in Norwegian, she was born in Norway. That translates to Brynhild, daughter of Paul. Well, that's because that's cool. how you like identify people, you know? Yeah, we should do that. We kind of do with last names. Yeah, but it doesn't sound as fancy. <laughs> okay, but what about the mother? It should have been her mom's name was uh, Berit, so it should have been like Berit daughter. <laughs> <laughs> Berit daughter. <laughs> we all know women just produce the kids, which are the property of men. Yeah, apparently. Okay. Uh, since this is so old, there's not like a ton known about her early years. Her father owned a farm. He grew crops for the family to eat. Um, his name was Paul. The mom was Barit. <laughs> they had seven children, with Belle being the youngest. So, even though her native-born name, her childhood name, was Brynhild, gonna call her Belle. So, during the winter, Paul, the dad, would work as a stonemason, but even so, they were super poor. And at the age of 14, she was confirmed at the Evangelical Lutheran Church. And that same year, at the age of 14, she was hired as a dairymaid to a neighbor. And there's kind of mixed reports from the neighbors about her. Some of them were like, she was awesome. She was really sweet, well-behaved, always like helped out. And others were like, she was freaking evil. <laughs> hmm. And we tried to avoid her at all costs. So there's this rumor it's just that it is a rumor that at age 17, she was impregnated by a rich landowner who then beat her and caused her to miscarry. Wow. He beat her with 
the intention of yeah, causing yeah. it. Yeah. The man later mysteriously died, but suspiciously, he had symptoms of arsenic poisoning. In the late 1880s, Brynhild Bell was invited to move in with her sister and brother-in-law in America. She was like early 20s. And so she made the journey from Norway to America, and this is when she got a new name. So they gave her the name Bella Peterson. And when she arrived in America, in America, she began to do laundry and like house cleaning and like kind of like servant stuff to make money. And she gave that money to her sister and brother-in-law because she was staying with them. So it was like kind of like pigeon kind of thing. Did, was it all her money or did she have some left over? Leftover. It was like a portion of her. Okay. Yeah. So then, according to Bella's sister, all Bella cared about was money. That's all she wanted. It was like her dream to just marry rich. And I'm like, we've all had that dream. <laughs> <laughs> and a few years after moving to America, Belle did not accomplish that. She met a man named Mads Ditlev Anton Sorensen. We're going to call him Mads. M-A-D-S. He was a strong Nordic man who worked as a night watchman. And in 1884, they married. So this was like maybe three years after she arrived in America. The first decade of their marriage was pretty uneventful. Bella really, really wanted kids, and there's reports that she just, like, had difficulty getting pregnant. So Bella asked her sister, like, hey, can I have your kid? Because I really like your kid, and, you know, I watch her and stuff. And Bella's sister was like, no, (laughs) you cannot have my kid. And since that happened, Bella cuts off her sister, just cuts off all communication and stops talking to her. Seems like a bit much. Dramatic? Yeah. 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 But Bella ends up adopting a neighborhood child after the mother dies. And... How did the mother die? I don't... (laughs) (laughs) There is nothing suspicious mentioned. Okay. And so, as I said, she did not marry rich. Her husband only made about what is now $450 weekly. And... They managed to save enough to open a small candy shop in 1894. So this was 10 years after first marrying her husband. Less than a year after opening the store, it was failing miserably, like just a money pit. But lucky for them, the store ended up burning down uh, while Belle and her kid were present, and they were the only ones in the store. And... Bell claims a kerosene lamp exploded, but the insurance company found no evidence of this, and they are like, kind of looks like arson from our professional insurance opinion. (laughs) Was she given a payout? She was. They're like, okay, but we can't prove it, so they paid her anyways. Okay. Yeah. So, sorry, I'm going between Bella and Bell. Her name right now is Bella. It gets changed to Bell later. Got it. Same person. Yeah. Okay. So they used the insurance money to buy a three-story house. They learned their lesson. They're like, okay, done with the candy store. And 
Between 1896 and 1898, four more kids arrive in their home. It's unknown if it was like Bella who had the kids or she adopted them or (laughs) where they came from. (laughs) Uh, Two of them end up dying before even reaching one year of age. Oh, damn. Yeah, so the book says that there wasn't any suspicious circumstances or anything. It was just, you know, kids died back then. (laughs) (laughs) I think they still die now. (laughs) Yeah, but like back then it was like pretty common. But other sources, I'll cite the sources in the little description. They say they were suspicious and the deaths had the similar like markings of strychnine poisoning. Interesting, okay. And um, also that the children, the babies, infants, whatever you want to call them, they had insurance on them. So it, That's pretty unusual, right? Maybe it was more common back then as infant, infant mortality, mortality was, was so much high. higher, but mm-hmm. I've never heard of a, a baby insurance now. Yeah, I me neither. Hmm. So I don't know. It could have been the beginning or it could have been nothing. Who knows? And in 1897, Mads took on a job as a miner, which included him going to Alaska for a year to mine gold. And supposedly this would have been like a huge payout for him at the end of the year when the company like got rich off the gold they found. However... They would need money for Bell to, like, first of all, he would need money to buy mining equipment, transportation, all that stuff to get to, you know, Alaska and, like, survive in Alaska for a year where it's cold mm-hmm. and to mine. And then they would also need money to hold Bell over since he'd be gone for a year. She has a kid, two kids. She has a house to uphold, you know? So they end up putting up their house as collateral to get a loan. Risky move. Turns out the entire, like, job was a scam. Shocker. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Alaska was like a huge gold mining place in this time. But yeah, no, it was a scam by a real estate agent trying to get their house. I don't know. It was wild. They end up, like, suing... And they get to keep their house, but it was, like, really, really stressful, and it did take money from them. So Mads ends up returning to his, like, normal job as a night watchman that won't make them rich. And in 1900, a fire breaks out at their house. Uh Uh-oh. But don't worry. Luckily, the house is okay, and the only things that burn are like $650 worth of household goods. Don't worry. They were all insured. But how is the house okay? I don't know. The fire was set in like a really weird way. Huh. Yeah. So I suspect strongly it's 650 k today's value. No, $650 back then. Oh, okay. So, luckily, those were insured. She got the money payout. You know, the house is okay. I'm sure it suffered some damage, but not very much. And 
Oddly enough, that same year, Mads significantly raises his life insurance policy. And the next week, you'll never guess what happens. He lives a long and happy life. No. He, swi- he switches to a keto diet and is like, you know what, Belle? I'm going to dedicate my life towards living healthy and never putting you in a position where I leave you as a widow. How New Year's appropriate. <laughs> but no. <laughs> uh, he ends up dying. But the keto diet. It didn't work. No. <laughs> <laughs> so... Bella says he had come home from work with a cold and he laid down in bed and then she went and just found him dead. So Bella actually ends up receiving payouts from his previous and current life insurance policies. It was the single day they both overlapped. Weird. Super weird, right? I mean, good cosmic timing. So it is about $150,000 today, what she received, and she collected it the day after his funeral. And before she collected the money, a doctor examined him and was like, this seems like strychnine poisoning. And then the family doctor came out and was like, nope, (laughs) I have been treating this patient for an enlarged heart and I'm pretty sure he died of that and the first doctor was like okay and that's it she got the money so that doctor was paid out right oh i didn't even think of that i was thinking they were just like this woman won't murder because she's a woman oh i don't know i I didn't even consider that i could see it going either way though so could i huh very weird We'll never know. Yeah, I guess not. Yeah. So, if you happen to be a relative of the doctor. No, it's just like a family doctor. Oh, no, no. I, I'm asking our audience if oh. if they happen oh. <laughs> to be a relative of the doctor, a long distant relative, and you know the answer, uh, contact us and let us know. Please do. We'll give you credit. Um. So Belle, she sells her house. She uses that and the insurance payout and buys this place that was a defunct brothel at one point well at this point (laughs) when she buys it yeah and it had about 40 acres as well wow not a bad move because it being a brothel might mean it's underpriced Mm -hmm. or a former brothel yeah she this is also when she changes her name from bella to bell got it why i don't know hey new start (laughs) yeah actually that's probably it yeah because, you know, new life, she moves into a nice new property. She's single. Single. Only for has now. two kids now. Yeah. She actually, at this point, she also reaches out. So at the three store house, her and her husband would like rent out a room for extra income. She reaches out to this former tenant who had rented a room from her and her husband. And he was like this super handsome guy named Peter Gunnis. Oh. This Mm. rings a bell. Yeah, weird. And they end up getting married very quickly. And the book talks about how Belle was considered not attractive for the time. Mm. She was about like almost six feet. She was 5'7", like almost 300 pounds. Wait, you you think 5'7 is almost six feet? (laughs) 
Yes. That's that's halfway from five it's to six. It's over feet. halfway. By an inch. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's you could still say that's like medium. <laughs> okay, you know what? Fine. She was tall. <laughs> and that's that's like one standard deviation, like you know, one and a half above the average. Although back then the average might have was probably lower. So okay. We'll say she was like in the top 5%. She was very large yeah. for back then. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, so the book talks about how she was considered not attractive for the time. Okay. And how it showed how attractive her 40 acres of land was. Mm, that's true. But also like super messed up. I Although mean, I don't think she cared. Yeah, I, I doubt it. <laughs> and hey, it happens in the inverse all the time. And we just call it lo love or whatever. Yeah, fair. Okay, so they get married in 1902, and Peter's daughter, he has two, and the youngest one mysteriously dies five days after the wedding, while it was just Belle and the daughter together. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's pretty brutal. It's like when a, a new lion moves in and kills off the old lion's cubs. What? Yeah, in lion prides, if a male lion comes and defeats the the current leader of that pride, he kills the little pup. He, he like, kills all of puppies. They're I yeah. don't know, kittens. <laughs> they're <Babies>. cubs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. He he kills off all all of the cubs. That's sad. That's the animal I always kingdom. hated those like nature documentaries that are like this elephant is slowly dehydrating to death, and I'm like, give it some fucking water. But then you don't have good TV, Dan. I mean, they also, like, they're not supposed to, like, interfere. Interfere. Yeah. But, like, ugh. It makes me sad. I would have given it water. It's it's a brutal world out there. I just learned that, no, <laughs> separate conversation. What? <laughs> About cheetah cubs. So, so cheetahs and cheetah cubs in particular have the highest death of any, like, small cat in the wild. Uh-huh. Because cheetahs, while extremely fast, they have, like, no ability to actually protect their kills. So mm. they get their kills stolen a lot, and they're not capable of protecting their cubs against hyenas, lions, fucking hippos. Although, what can protect against a hippo? Not much. Wow. Yeah. Let's let's stop talking about depressing stuff and go back to this. You're right. The cheery, <laughs> it, it, in, in, not infanticide because she was five, but no, no, of... the it was it was an infant oh. or a small child. Um, she died five days after the wedding. That's where you got, got fired from. Got it. Yeah, I think she was like three. So, eight months later, after Belle and Peter's wedding, Belle's daughter runs, her name's Jenny. She's one of the adopted ones from Belle's original marriage. Yeah. Uh, she runs to the neighbor's house, and she's like, help, we need help, my Peter burned himself i don't know if she calls him dad or not but, yeah. <laughs> but he burned himself and um you need to come help and so the neighbors run over and they find peter face down on the floor and unresponsive so they run and they get help and the coroner slash doctor comes like super handy two in one and he comes and he notes the body's very stiff likely dead had been dead for a while and has a really I don't know what's the right word. Gnarly head wound, head head wound. <laughs> <laughs> Blood force trauma. Yes, sure. So, laceration. I don't know. Like a cut. 
Big cut. Big something on its head. Leaking blood everywhere. Oh, a hole? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, so the doctor corners like, Peter has been murdered. <gasps> and Belle's like, no, no. And this is the story she tells. She says, Peter was leaning down by the wood-burning stove and he was reaching out down to like get his shoes or something and he hits his head on the mantle and then a meat grinder falls and hits him on the head and the back of the head but also there was a bowl of boiling brine on the stove that like he fell on him when he fell so <laughs> so she was like it was a lot it was a lot that happened and she's like i helped clean him up and i put him to bed and he seemed okay but then later i came out into the kitchen and i found him on the floor like this <laughs> and that's when she sent her daughter to go get help okay so that seems like a super plausible lie, right? A super plausible lie? Oh, <laughs> Freudian slip. <laughs> oh my god! Um, so it's a plausible circumstance. I don't know. Uh, uh, I mean, I believe it. Yeah. Okay. Do you? No. Okay. So <laughs> more importantly, did she actually hurt him the previous night, or did she just kill him fresh right there? Because I hope for his sake, it was a quicker death than being hit on the head and boiled so that's the weird thing okay so a post-mortem exam was conducted and keep in mind this was like 1902 1902 i think 19 okay. early 1900s mm -hmm. so like medical stuff isn't super duper yet right so post-mortem is conducted and it's in concluded that he died by his head injury but also, there is no burns on the body. They're like, I don't know what she was on about, about these burns, but there is none. So, a jury and an inquest is held. So, like, they get a bunch of people, and they bring them to the house, and they, like, show them what happened. And then they go and they, like, have witnesses, which is Belle's daughter. And Belle's daughter testimony matches what Belle said and they're like okay we get it Belle's innocent it was just a mistake what yeah wait how how do you what yeah because this guy he was reaching for his shoe and he hit his head and a, a meat thing fell on him and a meat grinder <laughs> okay so people are gullible yeah so Part of it was like he had a broken nose. So I think that's why she was saying he hit his head at the front and then a meat grinder fell in the back. But come on, you'd have to like really bump your face to break a nose. Yeah. I mean, I guess it depends on the person's nose and he could have been injured previously, but a lot of things have to really align here for any of this to be true. Well, the jury believed it. And that's all that matters. <laughs> that's true. So... Peter had a life insurance policy. Shocker. Are you shocked? These were dangerous times they lived in. Yeah. But it named his remaining daughter as the beneficiary. Ooh. Mm-hmm. So Peter's brother, his name is Gust. 
like a gust of wind. He comes and he wants to make sure like the money was actually going to Peter's daughter. And Belle is like, oh, Peter had traded in the policy for these stocks. And they're going to go to your daughter when she like gets older or something. And she had absolutely no paperwork or anything to prove this. And Gus is like, this is weird. And then she's like, why don't you come work on the farm since, you know, my help just died. My, my husband, I mean. Yeah. <laughs> and Gus, I guess, got like some super sketchy vibes because he ends up taking the daughter and just fleeing without the money. Just like in the middle of the night. Wow, may have saved her life. He did. Good for him. Mm-hmm. So... After this, Belle continues living on her land with her kids and her cows and, you know, like doing farm stuff. And she was doing all this work by herself. Like, she was slaughtering cows, she was tilling the land, she was, like, selling grain. She was doing everything. And she would just, like, let her cows roam wherever they wanted. And they kept eating the neighbor's grass. And the neighbors were super pissed because they're like, we could charge people for the use of this pasture. And they threatened to take and keep the cows if she did not keep them on her property. So the next time the cows went to the neighbor's property, the neighbors kept them and made her pay to get the cows back. And so she waited until the neighbor's cows were like out in the pasture and she takes them and puts them in her barn like steals them and when the neighbors came to take the cows back bell held him at gunpoint and made him pay to get his cows back so that's that's like the kind of person she was everybody did not like her yeah like it was unanimous the neighbors avoided her and at this time it's now 1904 and she's kind of sick of like doing all this farm work by herself and like she doesn't want to burned down her farm for insurance money because it's like profitable for once in her life something's profitable and so she's like oh i guess i need assistance of men with life insurance policies <laughs> and she puts out an ad to find more assistance to help her with the farm and she finds 30 year old olaf lindbo a norwegian immigrant she posted this ad in a Norwegian language newspaper and she posted it for a farm laborer in Indiana and he packed up everything, including his $600 life savings, and he was hired by Belle. The neighbors actually began to refer to him as her fiance since they appeared to be so close. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And he lasted for a while but like not that long a few months later Belle was suddenly looking for new help because Olaf had apparently just like up and left for a new job like just with no notice or anything is that true <laughs> what do you mean <laughs> was he ever seen again no oh <laughs> he was never seen again and like he left behind all his stuff must have been a great opportunity yeah <laughs> so Belle had to go and hire new help because Olaf was gone. So she puts up another ad. 
in the same newspaper. <laughs> and another man comes and his name is Henry. And he's super appreciative of getting the work and he sends letters home and he's like, I'm really, really appreciative. And uh, he's at the farm for a few months, but then he suddenly quits because he gets ill. And so Bell says he goes home to Chicago, but he was so sick that he left all of his possessions behind. <laughs> so. Also makes sense. Mm-hmm. And his life savings. What? You can make more money. Yeah, sure. So Bell posts another ad, and this time she's like, I want more than just a partner. I want a life partner, too. So she puts up an ad, like, insinuating she wants somebody to come in. And, you know, this is like the early 1900s. Well, this is kind of like Craigslist. Yeah. Where, like, <laughs> she's like, I need help on my farm, but also, like, I'm a single woman. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so the postman says that she was receiving between one to four applications every day. Wow, popular mm -hmm. lady. Yeah. Well, is it a popular lady or has she got like 40 acres of land that they want? Tomato, tomato. Um, that's true. It made her popular. Yeah. Yeah. So a man named George Barry replies to the ad and I guess he had enough charisma. Let's call it charisma. Let's not call it money. <laughs> yeah. And his response that she replies to him and he moves in to help her out and he brings all of his possessions he sold what land he had and he brings his life savings of 1500 which is about like a little over 40000 today in cash because that's normal and he also sold his farm for 2000 so that would be like what another 40000 because 1500 is it really that significant damn the the inflation yeah it was 1900. Well, yeah, stuff is cray cray right now. Yeah. So he just suddenly leaves too without his stuff. So then a man named, oh gosh, his name's O L E. Ol? Ol? Oli? <laughs> Jinx. Let's call him Oli. He doesn't last long. <laughs> so Oli Budsberg sells his farm and he sets off to meet Belle with $1,000 sewn into his clothes. And he gets there, and then another man named John Moe sets off with $1,000. <laughs> Her neighbors said it seems like she was going through one man per week. Like, oh, it wow. was just they would come and then not be there. But, like, all their stuff would stay. Her entire living room was said to just be filled with men's luggage. Oh, so she started telling them that her neighbors, that these were all, like, cousins and family members who were coming to visit, and... It was just like they were leaving their luggage and she would ship it to them because it would like, I don't know, cause, I don't know what her reasoning. She would make up these like stupid lies that weren't. How do her neighbors even know this is happening? She owns 40 acres. Uh, how can they, do they even see people coming in and, in and out? I don't get it. Yeah. So a few of them she would take to the bank with her. I see. So the bank man would see, people around town would see, and then... I think her house was like pretty close to the road. Like you don't have to drive all the way down because later that kind of comes into play with something that happens. So it's like 40 acres is a lot, but it doesn't mean like people didn't see her house and they didn't see like 
the help, you know? Yeah. Okay. And then if they knew her entire living room was filled, they'd probably stop by sometimes. Yeah. yeah. How, how do these men show up? Trains. No, I'm oh. <laughs> sorry. I mean, they show up and they, and they know this woman's been putting out ads. They walk into the house. They see a bunch of men's luggage. And they're not like, oh, she's killing them. Well, she's a woman who would, who like needs help around the farm. Even if you're the and most sexist. And her cousin's luggage. It's not, don't worry about it, Gabe. It's her cousin's luggage. Yeah, these men have no sense of self-preservation. Well, I think that's part of what she looked for when she like looked through the applications is she wasn't just looking for money. She was looking for, I don't want to say, she was looking for like, no, it's, it's, it's kind of stupid. Sent-minded people. But how are you this... Naive? Naive is one word for it, but it it really is a lack of, like, awareness. If they'd walked into a house, seen a bunch of dismembered limbs, and then she told them, oh, there was just, like, a massive shootout here, or, like, a pack <laughs> of coyotes came in, a pack of wolves came in and slaughtered my family. Uh-huh. Would they just roll with it, too? Well, I mean, I feel like part of them was probably like, okay, this might be weird, but, like, I can take her if I need to. Yeah. Maybe? I don't that, know. But that, that's, oh, she yeah. also, like, slept with all of them. She seduced them. Hmm. So, like, she was manipulative. It wasn't like she was completely just cray-cray. Got it. Still, I don't know. I think I could do it. Should I post, like, a Craigslist ad for a room and then just, like, put a shit ton of luggage in my living room and see what happens? I kind of want you to try this. <laughs> No, but um, I really, you know, I'm not surprised. I feel like if you're new and you go into this place and she's like, oh, there's like all these trunks and stuff. She could have said they're empty. She could have said like, I collect luggage for fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's a hobby of mine. I'm just, I get the idea. That, like, yeah, I could take her if I had to, but she's, she could poison you at any time. Like, you don't know. I don't know, Gabe. I don't know. But she got away with it. So whatever she was saying was working. I guess it makes sense. What can you do? Yeah. And I just, I really feel like people like have this, like they like write stuff off, you know, like they just like accept things they shouldn't. Yeah. Like it would be so easy to go into this woman's house and see like a bunch of luggage and she comes up with like an excuse and you're like, kind of weird, but like, I'm not going to assume she murders everybody. <laughs> Because that would be weirder. I mean, not that much weirder. <laughs> I think if I went into somebody's house and they had like a ton of like luggage or something, I wouldn't assume anything. No, like that alone, no. But it's the fact that this, she's been putting out ads regularly for people to come by. And you show up and you're like, okay, people have been here. Like various people people have responded to her ads and been here and left their stuff and that's weird like maybe maybe she doesn't kill them maybe she just shoes them away at gunpoint or something but this this is a danger sign some of them so some of the people she communicated with for over a year like correspondence wow. so it, it wasn't like they i think they might have also felt like they knew her yeah uh, that's kind of him. fools. Mm -hmm. Like I know people who meet people like online and talk to them for 
a few months and they think they know this person. And I'm like, have you heard of catfishing? Like, you don't know. Yeah. Uh, no. I don't think you really... Oh my gosh. Is this like an early catfishing? No, because catfishing would be when if you meet was... up and you're like a totally different person. Oh, I thought it was just lying online. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's, a, it's a particular kind of lie. Mm-mm. She definitely didn't ever lie to them, though. She like, even in her letters, she said she, said she was like homely looking and really? stuff. Like she never, yeah, because if they came on the train and they got off and then there's this like different looking woman, they probably would have been like, no. <laughs> I mean, that's some Although, level of honesty. After selling all their possessions and land and stuff, they're kind of also stuck. That too, but you're alive. And a lot of these guys came with money, like their life savings in cash. So surely you could have bought something else. Yeah, but like it's a long train trip. Do you really want to get back on a train? Beats dying. (laughs) (laughs) I just, I don't know. I really think if I was in that situation and I got on a train after communicating to this woman and then like I got off and there's just a bunch of luggage, I really don't think I'd be that weirded out. And I know that's like slightly worrisome. Yeah, you should be in those scenarios. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't want to have been one of those people that would have been like, okay, maybe she's just like a low-key hoarder. I'll put it this way. I've been in many in, in Airbnb uh-huh. where, you know, it would be reasonable for people to leave things like every now and then. Mm-hmm. But I've never, those have never been laid out bare to the world. Like if someone was had so many things from so many visitors that they couldn't be bothered to like put them away. That would be suspicious. Okay, what if she was like, my cousin used to live here and he has like a ton of stuff, but he's going to come pick it up. I mean, then that's, it, that's yeah. plausible. Yes, but then it becomes a, th- a matter of like the small details. Like, let's say that the clothing was like wildly different sizes. But it was just, yeah. just trunks. Like, you think they went through the trunks? Oh, I don't know. I guess I'm imagining a combination of things, like not just trunks, but... The book mentioned trunks specifically, so I don't know. Okay, then that might be a little more plausible. Mm-hmm. But even if she was like a cousin or two cousins or three cousins, like how many trunks before you're like, someone was here with like all of their possessions, like everything they I don't think it was that many. It's probably like four or five. You said it was one guy a week. <laughs> That's what the neighbor said. Okay, but we've already gone through like four or five yeah so next episode i'll go into like more detail but there was i think 11 bodies found on the farm and then she's suspected of killing 14 to 40 people nice range so so i think the neighbors are like a little um what's the word like exact exaggerating yeah that's the word (laughs) exasperated so I think they're exaggerating a little bit. Like it wasn't meant one man per week. It probably just seemed like a lot of men. If it was one man per week, 40 men would get you close oh to my a gosh. year. You know what's wild? Is why didn't they like assume she had reopened a brothel and she was like the oh yeah. the person. I guess cuz they never saw women coming in and out. Oh, maybe. And they're probably like she's not attractive. Nobody would want to sleep with her. Yeah. But they all did sleep with her. For 40 acres. Although, I don't know. Is there, are there any photos of her? Yeah. Uh, her name's Belle. B-E-L-L-E. Gunness. Gunness. G-U-N-N. And she should pop up then. <laughs> She's quite famous. Yeah. 
I think she's fine. She's not like ugly. Mm, she looks like my aunt, which makes it double gross. Okay, that's different because she's your aunt. But I think she's fine. I think she, I mean, like back, I don't know what standards were back then though. That's true. Yeah. Does she look unhappy in every picture ever? Yeah. She does. Yeah. And she kind of reminds me of a shark. <laughs> uh, I mean, she doesn't even look like that big. You think 300 pounds and you think big, big. Yeah. She. Are you sure she was only 5'7"? Mm-hmm. That's what the book said. Um, 300 pounds at 5'7 would be still pretty large looking. And she doesn't appear to be that It was like heavy. 270, not 300. Still, she, she looks to be like... 180 in the photo I just found. 180? Mm -hmm. No way. No way. You're saying she only weighs like she's six inches taller than me and only weighs 70 more pounds than me. Yeah, based on that photo. I mean, it's possible she's wearing a corset. Um, in fact, oh, no, she is. In fact, highly likely. Yeah. But still, like 270? No. She's not like big around the arms or the neck. There's that one picture though where she's got... Oh, yeah, there's this other one that mm -hmm. where she appears to be older. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So maybe her metabolism slowed down a bit. Yeah. Oh, but I wanted to, to cover one more thing because I learned about this kind of recently. Um, when she was beaten by the man when she was a teenager. Yeah. The supposed Supposedly. rich man. Yeah. Suppose yeah. When she was allegedly <laughs> beaten by that rich man. Yeah. Uh, to have her miscarry his baby. Yeah. Uh, I learned that pregnant women are like multi several times more likely to be the victims of violence for similar reasons. And that was something that immediately came to mind. And I was like, wow, that's it's really awful and yeah. shitty and pretty damn crazy. But, you know, we should, we should, you should have mentioned this when I was talking about it. I wanted to. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's really sad, Gabe. Cool. Yeah. No, it, it's... Yeah, it was surprising. Uh, I, I did find this study by, by WHO, the World Health Organization. WHO? <laughs> Sorry, go on. <laughs> and uh, they found the prevalence of physical intimate partner violence in pregnancy to range between 1% in, in, uh, in Japan to 28% in the Peru province, with the majority of sites ranging between 4% and 12%. So like 4% to 12% of pregnant women can be the victims of intimate partner violence. And that's, no. you know, that's as much as one in 20 to like one in nine. That is, oh my God. What a great way to start off the new year learning that. Thanks, mm. Gabe. Yep. Uh, we'll put a... What about like, it, it's, I'm assuming it's between like, yeah, it's got to be between men and women couples because, like, if it was woman and woman, it would have probably been a mutual choice. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, yeah, violence, homicide, all that stuff. It's usually it done by men. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, yeah, in these scenarios, like, you wouldn't get two women who, like, accidentally get each other pregnant. No, that that can't happen. Yeah. Can it? No. Accident? <laughs> no. It'd have to be... <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're not like uh i don't know what, what's somebody like a frog yeah <laughs> <laughs> or that those fish it's like these the two male fish and they both make uh, they open their mouths at each other 
and the one whose mouth opens wider becomes the male. What? Or stays the male, and the one whose mouth is smaller becomes female. Oh my gosh. Researchers have identified more than 500 fish species that regularly change sex as adults. Clownfish begin life as males, then change into females, and kubodai do the opposite. Okay, well, if you want a happy fact, I just got a notification that my rat traps arrived. So, so Danny will partake in more death. <laughs> I know. I feel bad. We've tried the humane ones, and they did not work. Like, where they capture and you release them somewhere else. Yeah. But, like, I can't, like, rats can cause so much damage if they get in your walls, and uh, we can't afford that. So Yeah, and they're pests. Like, they can spread disease. Yeah. Yeah. So I am so sorry if this offends you, anybody listening. Oh, right. Yeah, I'd be, I'm not. I would think you're a huge hypocrite if you're offended by hearing <laughs> about point. a rat being killed. But Well, I mean, I'm a vegetarian. I know, and but... like, I didn't want to kill the rat, but like, also, I'm pretty sure I heard it in the wall. Yeah. Which makes me think it is a rat and not a bat. No, I mean, for our listeners, like, I would yeah. think they're huge hypocrites to be listening to true crime podcasts, hearing people murder each other. But then you hear about a rat who's going to get killed and you're like, that is the line. If it makes them feel better, it's supposed to be like the most humane death. It like electrocutes them really quickly. Mm. So I did my research. So anyways. All right. Stay tuned for part two. We'll be releasing these side by side. So you won't actually have to be have to wait by mm-hmm. the time you hear this episode. The second one will be there right with it. Cool. Cool. Thanks, guys. Talk to you all. Never. Because this is a one way conversation. Love it.